Today on the Story Geeks Podcast, we're talking Star Wars again. A friend of mine, Michael Biondo, has never seen the Star Wars saga until now. So what's it like to watch Star Wars for the first time? We're about to find out as we dig deeper into The Empire Strikes Back. If you didn't listen to our podcast on A New Hope, you might want to start there first. But we are getting into The Empire Strikes Back today. I'm Jay Shear, co-author of Death of a Bounty Hunter, the weird western that was a semi-finalist in ScreenCraft's cinematic book competition. And you're listening to the Story Geeks podcast, which is produced by the Reclamation Society. Let's get into it. Watching Star Wars for the first time, The Empire Strikes Back. Welcome back, my young Padawan learner, a reference that you don't understand yet. <laughs> I know you don't understand that yet, but I still got to throw it at you. Um, are you ready to talk about my favorite movie in the whole Star Wars saga? Yeah, let's uh, do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump into it. And before I jump into the questions, I have to say that your mom issued a formal apology <laughs> to the <laughs> to the world at large for not showing you Star Wars earlier on. I thought that was really funny. Um <laughs> Now, I'm sure part of the fandom is calling for her to be put in a detention center, but I think we're going to go ahead and let that slide. Um, did you, was she surprised that you hadn't seen Star Wars? No, she wasn't. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> she just knew. She knew. Yeah, yeah. We didn't show it to him. We were trying to. We were trying not to raise nerds. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty. I thought that was really funny. Um, I just wanted to let you also know, uh, everybody out there, that we have questions from the Story Geeks listeners, so that's super cool. And Mike actually had questions because we didn't watch the film together. We did watch A New Hope together, so I answered a bunch of his questions as we were sitting there watching the movie. But this time around, he actually has some questions for me pertaining to the production of uh, The Empire Strikes Back. We'll get into some of those. Um, but a lot of those I'm going to actually save for the after show that will be free to listen to on our Patreon accounts. You do not have to support us to hear it. It'll be free, but you got to go over to Patreon. Just go to thestorygeeks.com and you can listen to me answer Mike's questions. Um, that'll be, it'd be a good, a good side show. Now, a couple of them I will answer actually in this podcast, but I'll save some of them as well. And I'll let you know what those questions are. As we go along, are you ready, Mike? Are you ready for this this plethora of questions to come your way? <laughs> bring it on! <laughs> oh, bring it on! Here we go. So, The Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980, uh, which was three years after A New Hope came out. We talked about that last time. 1977 is when A New Hope came out. Uh, everybody from the film reprised their roles, and why not? The first film made them all movie stars, right? So, why not come back to bigger paychecks? <laughs> um, IMDb has uh, Empire Strikes Back at the number 15 slot of the best movies ever. It has a 94% from critics and a 97% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. And as I mentioned before, it's my favorite Star Wars film. And I'll, I'll, just think about this for a minute. Everybody out there listening, Mike Biondo, think about this. Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, my favorite film of all time, came out in 1981. Both films starring Harrison Ford, both films created by George Lucas, back-to-back years. You, you're not, that has to be one, two of the best years in cinematic <laughs> history, right? So I do have a question for you, though. You know, you're watching this again, like we talked about, 44 years later. In this case, what, 41 years later, mm -hmm. after, it was, after it came out. Uh, this came out the year before I was born. So what is... Mike Biondo's scale of 1 to 10 rating 
And why are you giving it an 11? <laughs> I'm putting words in I'm your mouth. But what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? What is this? What's the scale of one to ten here? Um, I like to say this is more of a, a seven. Okay, a little, a little higher than last time. A little higher than last time because last yeah. time you said like five, six. Yeah, this is moving up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. What, what What are some of the reasons you give that rating? Um, I think, um, I think it was more the the, the first film was more of just like an entry. Opening scenes, like, this is what it's about, building the characters. Sure. And this one's more of a development. It kind of moves a little further into the next step and kind of keeps keeps it rolling forward. Um, and then I also like the introduction of Yoda on this one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it... Um, that was a huge question I had last time was like, where's Yoda? Where's Yoda? Like, <laughs> I like that guy. Where Yoda, is he? where is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool because we are going to uh, talk about Yoda a little bit more. Now, when when uh, you and I went to dinner the other night with our wives and your wife made the comment that she felt like the uh, techniques and technology got a lot better in the three years between the two films. Did you feel that way too? Or did you feel like it was, uh, still feels pretty. Honestly, I didn't really notice much of a difference. I mean, there probably could have been, but I wasn't, you know? Yeah. And so, and it was, when you, when you talk about it being a seven, you talked about last time, part of the reason it wasn't as, you didn't rate it as high is because you knew it was the start of something bigger. Yeah. So when it comes to like this time around, was there anything that was, I don't know, that that you talk about it moving up a couple points, one or two points. Um, what were some of the other reasons for that? You saw Yoda. Was there? Was it more compelling to you, the storyline? Was it more? Yeah, it didn't seem as, I don't say as corny ah. or as kind of like. Um, well, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, it seemed a little bit more strategic almost. Oh, uh, okay. Like he kind of had a better idea where he wanted to go with the storyline. Yes, 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 yes. He seemed in this film, it does seem like he's building towards something bigger. And yeah. He's, he's getting his, his feel for what's going on there. That yes, makes a lot of sense. absolutely. Um, so let me see what I got. Oh, I got tons of questions for you. There's <laughs> lots and lots of questions. Um, so I will say that one of the first questions, and this would be a good time to answer that, but we're going to save it for the after show, is how much time has passed between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back? Which is a great question because, you know, this is something that a lot of people ask for a lot of the Star Wars films, not just these two. I mean, uh-huh. as we go through all the other films. I'd imagine so. Yeah, like yeah. Where, when does this one occur? Um, but it, I do have an answer for you. Uh, special <laughs> shout out to, uh, to Screen Rant for helping me answer this question. But we'll answer that question in the after show. So if you want to know, if you want to know how much time has passed between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, um, go over to Patreon, uh, thestorygeeks.com. And uh, it's public. It's free. Everyone can listen in. But I'm going to answer that question there. So your next question, I think we need to ask, uh, we need to ask now. Um, and we need to answer now because it's a, it's a big deal. Um, and I'm going to turn the question back on to you, but since you asked me first, <laughs> I'll give you some background and then I'll ask you the question. So you asked me what, uh, and, and the reason I say this, the reason why I bring this question up is because it has implications for the entire star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And it has come up multiple times in discussion for multiple people. Okay. So I'm not the first one. What? I'm not the first one to ask. No, you're not the first one to ask at all. No, no, not at all. 
Um, and there's lots of different ways that it's been handled. And so it's a really good question. So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this one here. Um, because it actually has some saga defining saga defining controversy behind the answer of this question as well, okay. which I won't get into cause that'll get into spoilers. <laughs> But you asked, how does Luke learn to force pull his lightsaber to himself? This is in the Wampa's lair on Hoth. Um, and by the way, force pull is actually a force power that has been labeled by the Star Wars universe. Okay. Uh, basically pulling something to yourself using the force. Um, like I said, he does this early on in the film. And the reason why this question matters, Mr. Biondo, is that Jedi training and abilities are not well defined in terms of how they work. So you asked me, like, what, what's yeah. going on here? Where yeah. did you learn this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And part of my answer is, well, there's not a lot of good. There's not a lot of good answers that are given to us directly by the storytellers. Uh huh. Um, we could assume if we're if we're especially if we're Star Wars apologists, <laughs> we could assume that Obi Wan Kenobi has been training him as a Force ghost. Uh, we could assume that Luke found some of the Jedi archives and is using those to learn from, right? Like he's been Googling. Yeah, he's been Googling. <laughs> exactly. He's been Googling the force. Um, we could, you know, we don't, we don't really know because it's not really explained to us. Now I'm sure there's somebody out there listening. That's like, Oh, wait a minute. That was explained. You just didn't read the novel or you didn't read the comic <laughs> book that came out. Right. So it, it may have come up some other place, but, um, but, I don't know if the, if there's a direct answer, but this is a consistent question. So this is, and the reason why I bring this up is because you know I'm a storyteller, so I like to talk about things from a storytelling perspective. When you do world building, by definition, you're gonna you're gonna skip over some things that people are like, well, what's going on, right? Yeah. And it, and I do think um, there's a really good video by Patrick Willems, his YouTube channel, where he talks about plot holes and how most people say something's a plot hole, but it's not a plot hole. This is not a plot hole. It's just an unanswered question. Yeah. We, so we don't know how it, how it happened, but that doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. It just yeah. means we just don't know. Right. Yeah. So the answer is <laughs> we don't know. I personally would say that Luke has probably been training himself with some really limited interaction with Obi-Wan Kenobi and his force ghost. Basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but what was your take? Did it bother you? Was it something that you were like, hey, I would really like this question answered because it's weird. <laughs> it didn't bother me as a plot hole. I wouldn't think of it as a plot hole because I would think of a plot hole as something that's like almost a, um, an error in the storytelling. Right. And I don't think this is an error in the storytelling. Right. I think that there's obviously an, an, an answer that George Lucas has. Right. And maybe it's, maybe he didn't think it was a big deal, so he didn't mention it and right. now everyone's like blowing their heads off going what, what, what the hell you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think there is some sort of answer my one of my thoughts was was that maybe because we knew ahead of time that Darth Vader's Luke's father yeah I knew that from you know right um, uh, spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alerts <laughs> right, 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 right. and I was thinking maybe it's like a hereditary thing ah. and maybe he just was inherently passed on a gene through his dad that gave him the ability to do that. Almost like a Superman discovering he can fly on Earth type thing. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. just like it opened up a world for him. So that's one thought I had. I don't know. I have a really big smile on my face because we have answers to that particular <laughs> kind of question that are coming down the road. But again, I can't spoil it for you. Um, so that that's interesting. So, so one of the questions that you have is that is there some genetic 
portion of the force that can be passed along to the yeah. next generation. Yeah. 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 Really interesting. Really interesting. Like you didn't know you could do it until you're up against a corner. Yeah. And the abominable snowman is about to eat you. And all of a sudden <laughs> you're, you can fly. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and that's, and that's interesting too because, you know, one of the things that has come up, and this is something that um, I will even say that this, the further we get along in the saga, the more this is explored. But it's really explored when it comes to the additional materials like novels and comic uh-huh. books and games. But there is some sense to where there is the light side of the forest and the dark side of the forest, which comes up here. We didn't really hear about that at all in the mm-hmm. first film, right? Mm-hmm. Now they start talking about that here. They start talking about the light side, the dark side. Um, there is some sense that... For the most part, the force, we, we know this from A New Hope, the force is this thing that runs through everything. It it guides uh, it guides the Jedi in uh-huh. his path, right? Um, it runs through us and in us and all these things. Um, and we kind of know that the force has some things that it would like to accomplish. And it can do those things through the Jedi. In other words, it can sort of tell the Jedi what to do. Uh-huh. But we also know that, and I think you said this last time, that you you can, as a human or as a sentient being, because aliens could probably do it too, you can actually tell the Force what to do. So there's this, there's this interesting relationship between the Force to where you can let it flow through you, uh-huh. so to speak, let the Force flow through you, and then act on what it wants you to do, but you can also sort of take it over and demand that it do something on your behalf. Yeah. So there's this weird interplay between how it works. So was the fact that he got his lightsaber force pulled to him, was that the force saying you need to live? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It's not your time yet? Exactly. There's a a sense of... Maybe he had no training and no inherent genetic ability. Yeah. And it was just a a lucky, lucky break. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, and so that's what it seems to be that like, that's going to be an ongoing question, I think, that still people wrestle with even today. Is like, yeah. how much is the force dictating what happens and that being destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Versus how much is happening that is, you know, people that are trying to impose their will on the force and have yeah. it do what they want it to be to do, right? So it's going to be an ongoing question that we that we struggle through this entire time. But it's a really good pickup, um, really good pickup from you there. So uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about A New Hope starts with a space battle between two cruisers, right? Mm-hmm. And then it, we move to a desert planet, which is Tatooine, the, ta- the planet of Tatooine. Um, that's where we see basically where Luke is living, where his aunt and uncle uh-huh. are living for a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and then it's back to then we're back actually to another space battle, right? We mm-hmm. we do see um, by the way the, the name of the space battle, which is important in terms of the Star Wars timeline that we'll talk about later. The name of that space battle is actually the Battle of Yavin. In the in, first one? In the first one, okay. yeah. Because that planet, you know there's that planet where the Death Star is coming around the side of the planet, and then mm-hmm. once it gets around the side of the planet, it'll be able to, like, fire. Um, that is actually, uh, I believe it's trying to fire on Yavin. Now, I don't know if the name of the planet is Yavin 4, or if the name of the moon that it's going around is Yavin 4. But anyways, that's called the Battle of Yavin, which is the Death Star battle. So anyways, okay. just throwing that out there for reference. We'll talk about that later on the after show. <laughs> um, but... 
Empire Strikes Back actually gives us it's because it starts right off on an ice planet, right? Yeah. So not a loca- location that we've seen before. Yeah. It's like boom, right there. We're in an ice yeah. planet. Um, it's the ice planet of Hoth. Uh, and that's a lot of world building to occur off of two movies. And I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about some of the other locations they go later in this film too. Uh-huh. But give me on, give me your thoughts on like opening up into this, this new ice planet, this totally new world. What was your response to that opening sequence that happens there on Hoth? I feel like I had so many questions ah. about like, we talked about this, how long have they been there? Mm. You know, uh, we kind of find out later that they're they're trying to hide from right the Darth Vader's crew or, or <laughs> right um, right um, the Imperials yes thank you the thank Empire you. yes and so they're trying to hide so it's like how long have they been there mm. um, how do they get there you know they obviously have like an infrastructure built with like there's some pretty <laughs> old school like like um, computer screen yeah you know, like the glass <laughs> things yeah, with, yeah. The, with the with the lines that don't move and they somehow interpret what it, you know anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they obviously have some infrastructure there, and they right. have the you know the the spaceships and stuff like that, right. and the the two legged donkeys or horses or you yeah, know. tauntauns. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, how long have they been there? Well, you know, right. those sorts of things. But I thought it was a pretty cool opening, and it was kind of on the other side. It was kind of clear from clear to me like that they were just trying to kind of survive. Right, right. It was more of a defensive move than a. Um, Aggressive move. Yeah, so even though they've destroyed the Death Star, they're still on the run. Yeah. The rebellion yeah. is, yeah, you destroyed one weapon of this giant army, right? Like, yeah. it's like, well, there's a lot more to go here, you right, know? Right, right. Um, it's like as if we, it's almost as if, like, you were taking the real world and you said, like, okay, well, we destroyed, you know, one of the Nazi battles, or not battleships, but, like, like aircraft carriers. Yeah. Like, we did, we got one of them. But yeah, there's right. still a whole army, you know? Right. So, um, and, and, I, one of the reasons I asked this question is because, you know, for a person who grew up with Star Wars, um, this is one of my favorite things of all Star Wars is the Battle of Hoth. And you've got the the with the AT-ATs, the giant, um, the giant, uh, they're called basically, what does it stand for? All-terrain... Uh, oh, something transport the, the the big walking robots. the big walkers yeah the yeah. imperial walkers right yeah. the imperial walkers is sort of like their their non technical name and the ATATs <laughs> is their technical name I I mean I loved that the fact that they had the little the little snow speeders that could combat those and uh-huh. try to like wrap up their and and just the way that those were animated was. As a kid, it was amazing. I mean, like because you, you're back in the '80s. You back in the '80s, exactly. <laughs> well, in a lot of the a lot of what you had seen before as a kid, because do you remember seeing? Maybe you haven't seen these, but have you seen the old movies where like they have a dinosaur, but it's like uh, it's stop motion animated? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is very much the same thing. It's stop motion animation, but it's extraordinarily well done. Like, right. It's almost like you can't tell that it's stop motion. There's a couple places you can tell. <laughs> like the Tauntauns you can especially tell that have some stop motion animation uh-huh. to them. But the AT-ATs, the Imperial Walkers, I just felt like those were really cool. So so the the 40 years of new technology still somewhat affects you here even as you watch Yeah, so scene. I don't have the appreciation for yeah. that that you do. Right. Because, you know, if you watch something like, I remember... 
back in 2002 or whatever was War of the Worlds came out. Again. Right, right. And these things came out of the ground and they were huge, giant moving and they looked really scary. Yeah. And this <laughs> right. looks like, a, you know, like a slow moving robot. Yeah. You can just like push over. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think for someone who's grown up with it, it's just like, it's, I don't know, I still watch it and I still think it's amazing. But, <laughs> but again, I'm coming with a lot of nostalgia that I've built yeah. up over the years. Yeah. That's a whole part but of it. it I just do have to say that those were iconic um, figures. I don't know who they were or what they related to or anything, but after seeing it now, I, I can put that name to the face. Yes, the yes, exactly, exactly, which is really cool. So the Empire Strikes Back introduces us to a lot more complexity. So you talked about that. That's what you liked a little bit more about mm-hmm. it. Like there's yeah. some growing complexity right. here. Um, and just to, to prove that out, I'm going to list some of the things and then ask you about them later. Okay. Cause there's a lot of subplots that are happening in Empire Strikes Back that are pretty extensive and have far reaching implications. So you've got the Han and Leia romance, the Han, Leia, Luke love triangle that's introduced here. <laughs> um, you've got the introduction of the emperor who Vader basically reports to. We see Vader bow down before him in the one mm-hmm. scene. It's a really brief scene, but like, well, who is this guy? Right? Yeah. Like, um, we've got uh, more information about how the Force works because we're introduced to Yoda. Because that's another thing. We're introduced to Yoda, and there's that whole sequence. Um, we've got an ice planet, Hoth. We've got Cloud City. We've got Dagobah. All the new locations that we're visiting. Um, not to mention the fact that Han and Leia are trying to to evade the Empire by going into a asteroid belt and landing yeah. on asteroids. Um, <laughs> we see Vader working with bounty hunters to track Han down. So now, now Vader's bringing in bounty mm-hmm. hunters to the whole scenario. That wasn't something we had seen in the first one. Well, we did see it in the first one, but it was like a really like minor plot point. So we saw Greedo, remember, and like Han mm-hmm. shoots Greedo, right? And like that whole yeah. thing in the beginning. Um, we've got Luke's force vision in the Dagobah cave where he basically fights Darth Vader and then cuts Darth Vader's head off and it's him, right? Which, by (laughs) the way, terrified me when I was a kid. (laughs) That was really, really creepy. Um, and then finally we have the big reveal and we'll talk about this specifically later on, but we have the big reveal that Vader is Luke's father. At least that's what he tells him, right? Uh, Oh. Oh. So we were really ramping things up here and you appreciated that. Yes. But what about all of those subplots and that world building? Like, what were the real standouts to you? And which ones, if any of them, just kind of maybe fell a little bit more flat? Well, now that you mentioned it, I totally forgot about the love triangle between (laughs) Luke and Leia and Hans. And that, I don't know if it should have been done better or not. I don't know if if his intent was to make it kind of, cheesy or corny or whatever, (laughs) but it kind of was a little weird. I I, I was a little taken aback by that, you know, so, um, that kind of could have been defined better. Just wait, just wait. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's part of the thing is I don't have big expectations because, you know, it should be, probably will be revealed to me later. Right. Well, so yeah, and and I think that, uh, and I'll just mention this really quickly, but I think this is a really, 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 really minor spoiler, but I think that nobody is saying that George Lucas is good at romance. <laughs> no one's saying that. I don't think that's, I don't think that comes up often in conversation. Um, but what about some of the other things? Like what are some of the other things that stood out to you? What are some of the other things that were like, eh, that's just not that um, interesting. Well, the, the, the cutting Darth Vader's head off and having it be in his head. Yeah. That, 
uh, I don't know if that happened before he revealed he was his father. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that wasn't a big surprise to me because if if I know he's going to be his father, uh, then it could be that ruins that, that, that part a little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, a little yeah. close, closely uh, weaved closer together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me than for someone who hadn't known that. Right. Um, so. I think from a spiritual perspective, that's a really interesting take because obviously, and just let me put a put a pin in this as opposed to exploring it very much because we've talked a lot about this in other podcasts, but George Lucas is basically dealing with a lot of Eastern mysticism in terms of the spiritual plays that he's making, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it sounds very Buddhist, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, it's almost like, can you see yourself in the evil that you are feeling like you need to conquer, right? Yeah. And and what, what does that look like? Do, at what point are, do you become the evil when you try to fight the evil, right? Like that's, yeah. that's sort of what I think he's playing with there. But um, I do think that if you already have, it's, if it's already been spoiled that Vader tells <laughs> Luke he's his father, uh-huh. then that is like, you're like, oh, that's not as powerful of a scene. For me as a kid, it was terrifying because I was like, what does that even mean? Like yeah. I, I, it was mind blowing. Yeah. Like, why is it, why is Luke's face inside Darth Vader? You know what I mean? Like, well, it's I was just, thinking like the father, like son. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. But yeah, if I had known that, it would have been a lot more. Um, and plus, there's a whole. Um, and again, I, I don't know. So many spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the yeah. order of what had happened in, I can't remember. But I I know that um, Yoda was talking to Luke mm. about not going to fight Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. And yeah. Luke did it anyway. Right. And I have a whole question about that okay. for you. Yeah. But no, no, keep going. Keep so, going. so he did it anyway. So was he, was he, was he dreaming after? Was he dreaming about that after Yoda said don't go and he went? No, still before. Still before. Okay. That was still before, yeah. So so his dream's saying don't go. Right. Yoda's saying don't go. <laughs> right, right, right. I listened to yeah. <laughs> those two yeah. things. Yeah, totally. Now, what was your take on on that that brief scene where Vader meets the Emperor? What was your take on that specific scene? There's the giant hologram, mm-hmm. and Vader like basically bows down to it, and it was like, at, and then and it, they're engaging in conversation. So it didn't shock me much because in the previous movie, yeah. we saw Vader and like a council, yes, where he kind of was reporting to yes a council. So I already had a knowledge from that that. Darth Vader wasn't the the main the, the, the main yeah guy. yeah he yeah, wasn't yeah, he wasn't yeah. the guy yeah and so it didn't surprise me that there's one you know there's another person to answer to got it got it so got that it. wasn't a big shock to me I do think in retrospect this is a this is really interesting because you've just seen the two now and that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. in retrospect when you watch the whole like the whole of the saga you're like Darth Vader had to report to some people like he he becomes such a oh. big like. Not, not that, not that. I'm not. I'm not spoiling anything because I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's not intentional. That it's not like the actual truth. Mm-hmm. But when you remove yourself from what actually happens in the story and you just think of Darth Vader, you think of him as one of the biggest, baddest villains in the history of film. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's on AFI's, the American Film Institute's, like. I think he's within the top three villains of all time. Like, wow. like he's like he's he's just widely known as like. A badass villain, right? <laughs> and so I just think that, like, it's just interesting is to think because you, what you just said is 100% true. Yeah. When you watch A New Hope, 
It's like Vader's like one of the generals and doesn't yeah. have he's being challenged by some of the other generals. But as the legacy of Vader builds up in your mind or as you watch all of these films, you're like, oh, yeah, like no one would dare stand up to Vader. But they literally did in the first opening moments yeah. of the first film. Right. Yeah. Like, so it's just interesting to see how the how you build up a character in your mind over time, yeah. even though in the films they may be actual evidence that like, oh maybe he's not that big, you know what I mean? Like yeah, so well I have no I have no preconceived knowledge of any future films exactly, and so I to me Darth Vader is just one of the cogs in the big machine exactly. Yeah, and it's a part. It's well that's a part of storytelling that you know someone like George Lucas almost can't even control. It's like if you create a villain that feels so big and so powerful. It's almost impossible to like draw that back and be like, no, 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 he's not that powerful. Like, like let me draw yeah. it back. But, but maybe he wasn't setting him up to be that big and that powerful in the first film. Yeah. But public perception just took well, off. You and know? if he's that big, if he is that big and that powerful, it makes me think that the people who are above him are even bigger and more powerful. Exactly. Which is a lot more scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's kind of what I was wondering yeah. about when you when you had that because that scene. I don't remember if that scene has been updated or added later on because there's been so many revisions to the to the mm-hmm. whole series. But that scene was pretty pretty striking the first time you saw it because you were like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Yeah, I thought Darth Vader was pretty badass. Who's more <laughs> badass than him? Right? Like, yeah. so I think that that's just really interesting to me. So just a couple of recaps then. The the love triangle's weird, yeah. but the um, the locations are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the 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 Vader stuff is great. Um, let me ask you about this though. More specifically with the Han and Leia romance, how did that feel to you? Because that's a a lot of Star Wars fans will tell you that that's a pretty classic romance. Yeah, it was a um, it was a little weird. Mm. I thought in the beginning, mm. um, um, it wasn't as clear cut as I would have expected it to be for right. the stigma that it gets. Right, and maybe in future saga episodes or whatever they'll discover that more but it felt like it was like more spontaneous yeah than a full fully planned out theatrical romance yeah 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 did, didn't she like kiss him like after he did something good or it was like a celebratory type thing i think that was actually uh there was there's a couple things that happen. You've got in the first film, you've got I don't think she ever kisses Luke, but remember they're going across the chasm. They do like the rope swing across uh-huh. the chasm and, yeah. and she like kind of jumps into his arms and they yeah. swing across. Yeah, yeah. So you've got kind of like that. You've got the she kisses Luke in she kisses Luke in Empire Strikes Back when she's trying to make Han jealous because he's mm-hmm. saying like mm-hmm. and she calls him a scruffy uh scruffy looking nerf herder. Yeah. Um and then she kisses Luke almost to be like, get out of my face. Like, I don't like you or whatever. Yeah. Um, she does that kind of stuff. But then they don't kiss until uh, until they're basically on the Millennium Falcon. They're trying to fix it. Remember? And they're, yeah. they're standing next to that, that, um, that device that she's trying to fix. And then he's kind of rubbing her hands and stuff like that. And all yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think actually that's what you just said is why people like that romance. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like mm. the traditional Hollywood romance where it's like a Disney movie princess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like that at yeah, all. Yeah. You're right. Um, which brings me to another question that I didn't have in my notes, but I have for you anyways. Is how 
when you see that romance play out on film, what does that make you think about Leia's character as like a female character? How do you feel about Leia as a female character? I, well, as far as rom- I'm still confused as far as like who she really is or her backstory. Like, ah. That's probably more episodes <laughs> to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, my interpretation of her seems like it's she's like a fly by the seat of your pants mm. kind of you know. Um, I like this guy. I like that guy. You know, like, like oh, interesting. Because she seemed like she was against liking either of them. Yes. For a while. Yes. Now all of a sudden she's kissing both of them. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Well, that's interesting too because one of the things that has been really fascinating about back in the let's just let's just say it this way back before the eighties and really the nineties if you go if you just keep going back in cinema. It's not like there are no strong female, or I should say maybe independent female characters. But you could make an argument that Princess Leia is one of the first popular ones. Uh-huh. Because she's like, they come to rescue her and she's like, who's going to rescue you guys? I mean, she like has like a very like uh, tough exterior yeah, to her. Yeah, She doesn't feel like she's, she doesn't feel like she needs either one of their affections right that's what confuses me and she's saying no 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 all of a sudden yes 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 yeah exactly she's almost like using her femininity to manipulate them which makes her a little bit more of again taking control kind of Mm -hmm. a character now there are moments in empire strikes back where that's less true than it was in a new hope yes so she softens a little bit in um empire strikes back than she was in a new hope where she was like you know she was basically telling she would tell Han to his face, like, "You're ba- oh, thanks for running away when we're going to go fight the Death Star. Yeah. You're out of here. Like, thanks yeah. a lot, buddy. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to, to, to see you experience it for the first time because there's a lot been made about that over the course of time about her character specifically. Well, so I didn't catch the, the fact that she kissed Luke to make Han jealous. Oh, So now I kind of want to rewatch that and see for that. <laughs> yeah. Because from what my perspective, I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, yes. You know, like, yes. So anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, it, there's a lot of subtle things that happen that people have just analyzed and analyzed and analyzed because it's yeah. Star Wars. You know, well, I like, feel like, like, uh, like for instance, I'm starting to rewatch Friends. Yeah. And like the Ross Rachel thing is yeah. so heavy. Yes. And they're so torn with each other. Yeah. And then you go to this and it's just like, it's kind of like. So surface level, like, yeah, and yeah, so that's yeah, kind yeah. of where I think it's a little bit. Uh, if, if maybe if he would have written it a little bit more um, emotional or in depth uh, with their relationship, yeah. I would probably buy in a little bit more to it. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, starts dating Luke, and then <laughs> right. dating Han, and, you know, like, <laughs> right, 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 and then Java, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So we'll have to we'll have to come back to that kind of question as we as we continue through the series and see what you think how she's developing yeah. as a character. Um, just quickly before we continue, I want to let you all know about three ways to support the show. One, you can purchase my book. Nathan and I co-wrote Death of a Bounty Hunter. If you like dark fantasy, western, steampunk mashups, I'm confident you'll like Death of a Bounty Hunter. It was published by the Reclamation Society, the nonprofit company behind the Story Geeks podcast. So all the proceeds from the book help us produce this show as well. Learn more about that at deathofabountyhunter.com. The second way to support the show is to join our Patreon community. 
All of those proceeds also go to support our nonprofit, and we use those funds to produce all of our content. Learn more about everything that's over on Patreon at thestorygeeks.com. We also publish free content over there as well. That's where the, the, this after show will be. So if you want to go over there and just check out some of the free content that we have there, go check it out. We also have some exclusive content over there, so lots of stuff to check out at thestorygeeks.com. And finally, uh, if you can't spare a dime, which is totally fine, join the Story Geeks Facebook group. It's totally free, and you can interact with us there. We even got questions from Mike from that Facebook group, so we integrate those questions into the show when we can. So just search for the Story Geeks on Facebook, or just check out the show notes of this show, and you'll find a link to it there. If you join... Uh, if you join or if you're already a member, please keep asking Mike more questions through there. I'll try to remember to post about it when we have an episode coming up to record. But if not, just, you know, put a post up and say, hey, I've got some questions for Mike um, that I'd like to have answered. And I'm going to we're going to get to some of those uh, in this very next section of questions. So, again, those options are to purchase our novel, Death of a Bounty Hunter, support us on Patreon or join the community of the Story Geeks Facebook group. And let's get back to Star Wars. So one of the questions you had asked me uh, about was Luke on Dagobah and his confidence. He's pretty confident on Dagobah, even after like R2 is getting eaten and spat out. And he's like, he seems like he's pretty confident, <laughs> even though there's lots of crazy things are happening. So we'll get to that in the after show. But I want to focus a little bit on Yoda, because you talked about Yoda on the show. Um, we also had a, a question submitted to us about Yoda um, you knew that o that Yoda was considered wise. So my question for you, I've got two questions for you regarding Yoda. What surprised you about Yoda in this film? And then we have a question from Robert McClure. So thanks, Robert, for this question. What is your favorite nugget of Yoda wisdom? So what surprised you about Yoda? <laughs> and then what did he say that you were like, ah, I really like that? Um, well, my first... Uh, I I doubt he wasn't expecting Yoda to be that like that when he shows up. You weren't yeah. expecting him to be like no. all like crazy. Yeah, like mischievous yeah, and like yeah. like goofy. And, <laughs> right. and I thought it was like oh, it's Yoda's kid. Yeah, like he's gonna take him to Yoda, and <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be this like serious guy with a staff sitting back on top of the temple, like you know, right. sharing wisdom, not like rummaging through his lunch pail. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So that was really weird. I, I didn't think it was actually Yoda until ah. like almost to the end where they're together. Right. Like, oh, no, this is Yoda, you know? Right, 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 right. So um, that was really weird. And he kind of, I almost thought Yoda had like two different parts to him. Yeah. He had this like mischievous kid-like adolescent type, you know, role. And then all of a sudden he just flipped on the, the, the force. Yeah. And he was like this, you know, stoic wise who've been training Jedi masters for 800 years, now, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if there's any future things about that or not. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe the force goes through Yoda and that's when he turns stoic and, you know, and <laughs> whatever. Um, and then um, there's a couple of things he did that kind of uh, jumped out at me. And one one was kind of the, the um, I forget his exact verbiage, but it was you either try... No, you don't try. You either do or don't. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah. And I've heard that line quite often before, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually from managers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You either try to complete the sale or you <laughs> don't, Mike. <Mariano. laughs> 
So, um, yeah, uh, that was weird. And then uh, that was pretty cool how he raised the, the ship out of the, yeah. the oh, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, after Luke kind of tried and failed and, you right, know, <laughs> right, right, right. or didn't do it. Um, right. and then, um, the other one was, I was a little confused about this is Yoda was kind of talking to Luke about, I think Darth Vader. Yeah. And Yoda was saying like, I trained him and he never looked at where he was right now. Yeah. He was always looking at the future. Right. And I thought that was kind of strange. I, I don't know why that would be a problem. Ah. You know, like, like this Darth Vader seeing something that we should be seeing as well. Right. So right, I thought, right, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what side is bad now? <laughs> right. Ooh, that's a good, that's interesting. That's a really good. Because usually the problem is people are looking at where they're at now, not. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And his was, he was looking at the future, not where he's at now. Right, right, so, right, right. And I thought it was weird, too, that Obi-Wan was, like, channeling and, like, fighting with Yoda. Yes. And Yoda's like, no, I don't want to teach this guy. Yeah, And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. he'll learn patience. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. it was kind of weird that, I don't know. I was <laughs> No, that's really good. Those are some really, really good pickups that I would not have actually thought that you would have picked up on. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, first, the first thing I'll say is the exact quote is, do or do not, there is no try. There you go. Okay. Um, and I can often do that in a Yoda impression, but I won't. I'll save you. For <laughs> today. Um, so, yeah, do, do or do not, there is no try. Um, he does also, I believe, in this film, say, uh, tell Luke that si- size matters not in terms of taking the ship and bringing it up out of the water. Okay. And like, oh, I can't do it. It's too big. Yeah. And he's like, oh, size matters not. Like, the force, the force is, does it. The force is not constrained by the weight of the object. It's basically like what he's uh-huh. kind of intending, or the mass of the object is kind of what he's intending to say there. Although I don't know if throughout the Star Wars universe that's a consistent thing. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem like things that are large are harder to manipulate than things that are small. Well, so. he seemed to he seemed to get his sword out of the snow in the snowman's cave yeah. really easily, right? But the ship he couldn't exactly. So, so that's a weird one for me. I don't yeah. know how they deal with that, like like longer term. Um, the other thing I thought was really interesting is that you pick up on the on sort of the um, Yoda and Obi Wan do agree on some things, but they also disagree about some of the things. Like yeah. you should train them or not. I don't want to train them or whatever. Um, but let's 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 focus in on uh, this. Is not an area I had in my questions, but let's focus in on the what you brought up in regards to he was always looking to the future, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that comes up there is that you think to yourself, like, well, why is that a problem? Why is it a problem yeah. to look towards the future? Like, don't you want to try and change the future based on what your circumstances are today? Seems like his actions that Darth Vader is taking now are to improve the future. Right. So should we jump on his ship? Right. <laughs> and then there's and and so this is another this is another point where where you might say that Eastern mysticism plays a big role in this idea of what the force is and how the force works. Mm-hmm. Because it would say, and, and this is where it's interesting because, you know, I think we can see, if we were to take ourselves outside the movie and see, like, how does the movie inform, like, one of the reasons why Robert asks his question about what nuggets of wisdom do you, did you really like, and you say, well, I really like the, you know, do or do not, there is no try, uh-huh. is because one of the reasons why I think a lot of people like Star Wars and one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it actually 
it actually informs how we might operate in the real world sometimes. <laughs> and so this is, to me, a very much an Eastern mysticism thought process about being present and being present mm. in your life where you're, where he, they're basically saying you, as opposed to doing what Vader did, which was to think like, how could I change what a, what is, is them saying more like, how do you accept what is? Yeah. And then there's that tension of like, well, if I accept what is, is that a means for me by which then change myself that then changes hopefully the world for the better? Or do I try and like say, no, 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 I, I don't like that the world is this way and I will demand that it changes, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously that's a point of contention because obviously there's some things we would want to change, right? Yeah. Like these are not good things that exist here. Um, and so I think that's a really good question to, to ponder as you watch a film like this, like which nugget of wisdom is the best and why is it the best? It's like, I don't know, it's a good question. Um, I wonder if my answer would change after I see the whole saga. Yeah, maybe, question. maybe, and, and and that's where that's where I think we'll. I mean, let's face it, we're gonna go there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. So we'll just have to see how it. We'll see how it comes about. Um. So the so your favorite nugget of wisdom was the do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, I think that was that was yeah, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> he has a lot of little nuggets of wisdom in there that I think um that I think are really helpful. But I also I also think that there is there are some things that as we'll see over the course of the of the saga that people have used to almost call into question some of those nuggets of wisdom too. So we'll come back to oh. that as we talk through these conversations. Um, so I, I wonder, this is a kind of a, a more plot driven question. Uh, everybody starts out together, right? Mm -hmm. They're all on Hoth together. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then after Hoth, everybody separates. And so you've mm -hmm. got the Han, Leia, 3PO, Chewbacca route, and they go off into the asteroid belt. There's a little love connection that we follow. Then they go over to Cloud City, um, trying to escape Vader, and trying to escape the bounty hunters. And then we've got um, Luke going over to Dagobah to learn from Yoda. And then, we, of course, in the end, they all come back to Cloud City together. What did you think about those two paths? Did you enjoy two paths? Were, they, were you like, oh, man, I really wish I was back with the other... With the other group, while the while the other group. No, was I, I I liked. I thought that we we had a good foundation on both storyline or both groups storyline. Mm -hmm. So I think following two stories was 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 easier than it was like in the beginning of the first movie. Okay. So the fact that we knew about you know Han and and uh, Princess Leia and that sort of thing, and then Luke obviously had to continue his journey. Right, know? right, right. And uh, so no, I thought that was I thought that was fine. Um, a meeting back up at Cloud City yeah. was pretty interesting. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you know, even the asteroid they thought was an asteroid that turned out to be, you know, some some animal or something right. like that. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is kind of cool. The, and, hand, the and, hand puppet animal that comes yeah, out of the yeah. asteroid. <laughs> and why is uh, Han Solo's ship always broken? <laughs> That's another thing Wait. we had to talk about in the after <laughs> okay. show. That was another one of your questions for okay. me. Uh, we'll talk about that for sure. Um, so you like buy a new ship? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man! Right? Um, the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. But if it's a hunk of junk, what's the problem? You know. Um, okay, let's go back to the Force. This is the we learn more about the Force in Empire Strikes Back. Um, what are your thoughts about the Force now that you've learned a little bit more about it? 
It's almost like the... I thought the original storyline of the whole Star Wars stories was like Luke and Darth Vader and Han Solo and, you know. But now I'm thinking that a main player is the Force. Ah. Like that could be like its own, like a theme or like a storyline itself. Yeah. Is the Force. And these other players are now sub to the Force. And you're learning how they fit in with the Force. Ah, interesting. Darth Vader's on one side and, you know, um, Luke and his gang on the other side or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so basically the force has become almost a character yeah. in and of itself. Uh, the, the main one, like yeah. what it's about. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's the force's journey now, not Luke's journey. I think. Right. Or right. how the sub characters interplay with the force in that journey. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, um, there's a lot of interesting conclusions to draw from the force because, and I've had this conversation with, We've we've had we had a conversation on this the Story Geeks podcast with Buddhists who were talking about like their faith and how Star Wars impacted their faith. There was a guy who wrote a book about Buddhism and Star Wars. We had him on our <laughs> podcast. Um, we we the the crew that was on that podcast talked about their faith because they're coming from a Christian faith background and how Star Wars impacted them and their understanding of their faith and. So it's it's interesting because as you as you say the force almost feels like a character. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ubiquitous thoughts across all of these different religions that seem to be captured by the concept of the force. So George Lucas is drawing. George Lucas comes from America, which has sort of a uh, a, what I would call a Jewish slash Christian tradition, right? Um, in terms of its understanding of faith, whereas when George, so he comes from that background as someone living in the United States, but he clearly is exploring Eastern mysticism, primarily probably Buddhism or Taoism, as a form of religion that he's sort of researching and putting into this film. And so he has this amalgamation of things that comes into, this is the force, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that makes it very applicable for a lot of people to accept as a thing and go like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I just accept it. It is what it is. I can see some of, there may be some things I don't like about it, but a lot of things I do like about it, and so I just accept it, right? It's just, yeah. It is what it is. So I almost related to, uh, I'm a big Blues, Blues Brothers fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, um, most most people may not know this, but the car, the, the old copmobile that they yeah, have, yeah. They, they park it in like a radiation plant or whatever like that <laughs> when they go to the little apartment, and that's what gives the car the powers uh, to outrun all the other cop cars yeah. and to fly off the bridge <laughs> and to go into the water and all that stuff that you normally would say, well, that's ridiculous. What's going on? But you know, have that knowledge behind uh, the scenes, so now it gives it a, a character-type role, yeah. and these rules are now okay. Yep. And totally. oh, Nah, I get that. That's totally. fine. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's interesting because whenever whenever you point out one of so okay, so as our brains are developing, I think that um I heard I heard this, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I have a reason for talking about it. Um when we're kids, our brains are actually much more similar to an adult brain on ecstasy or on <laughs> uh, on a on a hallucinogen. And, and the reason for that is because, uh, like, and you have a daughter, so you probably realize this, is that the way that the human brain is actually wired to work is that it is looking to make sort of, sort of almost like how a sophisticated computer works or a sophisticated artificial intelligence works. It's looking to find ways to repeat 
processes that result in success, right? So like putting two feet in front of the other, figuring out how to walk, like that's a process your brain learns. Well, once your brain learns that process, unless it has to, unless, unless you have like an accident or you have to relearn it at some point, or you have a, you have a disability that you have to, that, that actually your brain has to consider walking all the time. Otherwise your brain just goes, you walk and you don't think about walking because mm-hmm. it developed the process for it. And he says, repeat walk process, right? And you, just, <laughs> you just do it. Right. Um, but that's actually not what happens in, in, so in children's brains, Children oftentimes have like imaginary friends and like they're doing these fun things that they don't think about processes that, that you and I would think of, right? And their imaginations are still very open to stimulus because they haven't developed as many processes and their brain is learning to develop processes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bring all that up to say, uh, I think when you watch these films when you're younger, there's questions that don't come to mind because you're like, I'm open to whatever yeah. this is, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, makes sense. Next, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Creatures, great. You know, like that's fantastic. But the the older you get, the more your brain is wired to ask the question, why? Why is this happening? You need to provide me with a reason why. Mm-hmm. And so I think that. Um, that the cool thing is, is that one of the things you picked up on that is really relevant to storytellers is that if you provide people with a why this is happening, almost always we will suspend our disbelief and go, okay, okay, cool. That's yeah. it. Now there's a, on occasion, maybe we, you know, something doesn't fit our value system or something and we go like, well, I refuse to believe that. Why? I just don't like it. Right. Yeah. But that's usually not the case. Usually, yeah. even if you don't agree with the, the person's, you know, belief system or faith system, you'll usually go along with it. If you just say like in this world, this is why this happens yeah. and you go, oh, okay, <laughs> that's good to know. You know, you move on. So it's interesting you bring that up. I think that's, that's really cool. Um, Okay, so we've got a few questions left here. I'm going to keep this moving. At the end of Empire Strikes Back, Luke senses that his friends are in trouble. And despite both Yoda and Obi-Wan, here's something that they actually agree on, right? Yeah. They both agree, you should not go over there. Do not go face Vader. Do not go do that. Um, Despite being told that, he goes to help them anyway. And this is my question for you. um, And I think that this question will come up in other movies, honestly. Not necessarily this question itself, but like the implications of this question. Did Luke make the right choice or did he make the wrong choice? I think he made the right choice. Okay. Yeah. So you think by, so despite the fact, so this is the reason why I asked this question. You even said to me, before we even started watching any Star Wars (laughs) movies, you said to me, I know that Yoda is wise. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And here he's telling Luke, do not do this thing. Yeah. Luke does the thing and you go, I think he made the right choice. Yeah. Which would call into question Yoda's well, Yoda, wisdom. Yoda also doesn't want to train Luke. Right. So right. Yoda's, Yoda's losing credibility with Luke. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How wise is this guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't right. Think so. Plus, I think, he shows up and he's acting like a total weirdo. Yeah, I think so it's Yoda's son on? that we're. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking so about. So, you, but you do agree with Luke's choice. So, why did you agree with Luke's choice in that moment? Um, well, I think that's what the whole of this this movie, the whole storyline was going towards. Ah, interesting. And so it would have been uh, as a movie it would have been a letdown if 
if Luke's like, I'm going to chill with here. You, I'm going to chill here with you, Yoda. You know, <laughs> right, 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 right. Screw my friend. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and and I think we want Luke to be the hero. We yeah. want him to step up and do what no one wants to do, right? And you know, get the job done. Interesting. So I think that's what we're trying to go towards. So do you think? Do you think based on seeing these two films, um, and based on what you just said, is how does that relate to the overarching message of the films, right? Like, so this is, this is Luke saying, I'm going to go help my friends, even though the two guys that I would consider the two wisest mentors mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. who have access to a spiritual force of whatever kind. <laughs> just lifted my, my space cruiser out of the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. of the water. They have just told me not to do something that I've chosen to do. Yeah. What do you think that says about just the message of Star Wars and the message that George Lucas is attempting to communicate here? Well, I think it's uh, partly kind of a do what you feel is right versus what everyone's telling you uh, to do. Interesting. Or, you know, follow your heart or, you know, all yeah. that, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. You know, woo-woo stuff. Sure, you know? sure, sure. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and I just, I just asked those questions because I think that there is more and more clarity as you watch these films about what Star Wars is trying to say about yeah. the world, right? Like, yeah. and every little piece adds something to it. Where you're, oh, okay, I get it. Well, now I also feel that Luke's kind of still naive, yeah, to a lot of stuff, right? And he's kind of like that um, uh, balls to the wall teenager. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Sounds yeah. good. You know? like, I can manage I, it. I want adventure. You know, yeah, when you get yeah. to older in life, you're like, mm, I'm going to sit this one out. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, interesting. I like that you bring up all those things because it do, they do they do play a role in the saga, so that's really cool. <laughs> um, all right, so I have some more lightning round questions, and then I have two deeper questions for you. Um, lightning round questions: Has your favorite character changed? Well, Obi wasn't as much in this one. I don't right, think. right. So right. it's hard to call him a favorite character. Okay. okay. Um, Han Solo's is is uh, climbing the ranks in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> but not necessarily Luke. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I, just okay. I, I think yeah, he's all right. He's you know okay, okay. If my favorite character would probably and this would be Han Solo. Okay, okay. What is, do you have? Has your least favorite character changed at all? Because you didn't like Chewbacca as much. This one was even more annoying. I thought <laughs> he was like he oh gets my worse. Gosh, yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> is there a mute button for? <laughs> No, he was that was that was annoying to me. And Yoda was kind of not as um I, I didn't like him as much as I wanted to like him. Oh interesting. interesting. Yeah, he was kinda like you know, goofy and yeah, studious yeah, yeah, and like yeah. I wanted, you know, like a a wise like almost like an Obi. Yeah. Yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi character. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um yeah, that was Okay, okay, I like that. I and like then and then the other the other character was the the, the cloud the, the Cloud City guy. Lando? Lando. Yeah. He was, he was pretty, pretty complex. Because uh, yeah. he, you know, he, um, I don't know, got paid off by Darth Vader or whatever. Right, right, to, right. To, you know, to hide that they, they were there already. Yeah. And then they captured him, but then he, like, flipped and, like, yeah. is helping them back, back out on the back end now. So right, 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 right. He wasn't a bad guy either. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, so there's a line in the film. 
where uh, he says, where Lando is like, hey, that wasn't part of the deal. And then Darth Vader is like, I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. <laughs> There's a really funny uh, parody called Robot Chicken. Have you ever seen Robot Chicken? I've heard of it. Yeah. There's a really funny Star Wars parody. <laughs> And he just keeps altering the deal. <laughs> he keeps altering it over and over, and it's really, really funny. At some point in time, after you've seen all the films, you can go back and watch some of the parody stuff. Okay. And, you know, you'll appreciate it. Um, I'm going to watch Spaceballs again, too, because now it makes sense why the the Winnebago's like, kind of janky. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> Han right, Solo's right. ship is always kind of Always kind of janky, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Lando a little bit more, because um, that was another question from, from Robert McClure. Uh, from the Facebook group, he wanted to t- he wanted to ask you about oh, yeah? Lando. So we'll ask I'll ask you about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, what was the biggest surprise in this film for you? Um, because you weren't surprised by Vader and the revelation that he yeah. tells Luke he's his father. Was this? I'm a little confused on the the timeline. Was yeah. this uh, the one where we saw Vader's helmet off? And we got a glimpse of like the back of his head. Yes, yes, it was. That was kind of surprising uh, and kind of intriguing to me as far as what you know. Yeah, yeah. Why is he in that get up and right, you know, right? Stuff why like that. Why does he spend time in that orb? You know, like yeah, he's, yeah. He's in that little like thing and then it goes up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's what's the backstory there? You know. And the other surprising, I guess, not surprising, is that they leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Again. Yeah. You know. So it was kind of. I don't want to say surprising, but kind of frustrating. I want to close. Uh, I want want closure. closure. You know, I actually I have a question I about watch that the for next you one, too. Huh? You got to watch the next one. That's what keeps happening. I do. I do have a question about that cliffhanger kind of ending too in a minute. Um, so this is Robert's last question. I'll ask you about Lando in a separate question. But um, Robert's last question for you is: Which character do you hope to see more of in future films? Um. I probably want to see more of, of obviously Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Given. Yeah. But Han Solo would be interesting to see more of. He's kind of like a comedic relief, or a little, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, a little more lighthearted. Right. You know. Right. So Luke and Han. Any but any other characters that stood out to you that you thought like, wow, that seems like a really cool character. I'd like to see more of. Um. Darth Vader in the sense of like his backstory, ah. you know, because like I said, it intrigued me when he had his helmet off. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, why is he the only one with the helmet on? Like, yeah, what you know? <laughs> right, right. So that's interesting. Yeah, there was there was you may not this is you may not have picked up on this, uh, but or you may not care about this. I should say because you probably picked up on it. Um, there is a large portion of the Star Wars community. That just even after seeing the you know less than five minutes of screen time that Boba Fett has, Boba Fett's the bounty hunter who who puts Han Solo in carbonite. Okay. Just even seeing him for less than five minutes on screen, there was a giant community of people who are like, "That guy's awesome." Yeah. And and you know, there's not much to him at yeah, all. Like, yeah. Right. But it's kind of one of those cases where the where character design, like literally the way that they designed his helmet, the way that they designed the way he moves, mm-hmm. the way that he's like working alongside Darth Vader and not really very scared of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason, people like me like really liked Boba Fett. Like that's awesome. He's amazing. You well, know? I don't know at this point other than the 
five or six yeah. main characters who's coming in, who's going, who's going right, to stay. Right. And so I, I didn't want to necessarily like dump energy and, you know, yeah, totally. and, and interest into a character that's going to be here and be gone the next time. Yeah, you know? totally. So I, that's why I'm kind of, uh, was originally sticking, but I want to rewatch it and yeah. look at that guy, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, this is, this is what happens when you watch the film 25 times. Yeah. So you're like, oh wait, that guy's cool. All right. So I got a couple more questions for you here and then we'll do the after show. Um, Vader telling Luke that he's his father is a huge moment in cinematic history. I mean, the fact that it's been spoiled for you, can you imagine what it would have been like no. to like hear that for the first time, right? Like you all you know about, all you know about going into that into that into that moment is that you have Obi-Wan Kenobi telling Luke that Vader killed his father. Your father was a Jedi Knight and Vader killed him. And then you, the, the next thing you learn about, I mean, you learn about how like Vader, like a little bit of hints about like why Vader went to the dark side. Mm-hmm. You hear about a little bit about those things. And then you have this giant reveal where <laughs> Vader turns to Luke and basically says like, by the way, like I am your father. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, it's gotta be one of the most, powerful moments in cinematic history if you think about the how many people have seen it how many people uh-huh. who have been shocked by it and yet it was totally ruined for you <laughs> so i'm just wondering i'm just wondering like if since you already knew that going in what was that moment like for you I was just expecting when is it going to happen. Uh, like I was watching. Did you I, know it was this film? No, no oh, I okay. didn't know. I didn't know okay. when Yoda was going to come. I didn't know okay. when I was going to say that. I, I had no idea. So I would have been spending the whole time just expecting when it's going to be revealed. And it really wasn't a big shocker to me. Obviously, yeah, it wasn't a big moment to me really. Yeah, and I kind of when it was finished, I was like, well, what's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, there's there's some pretty funny videos online where people are showing their kids to Star Wars for the first time. These kids are like probably like six or seven years old, and their parents are recording them when that moment happens. Oh yeah, and the kids are just like, "What?" You know, like because they don't know yet; they haven't been spoiled. Yeah. They're young enough yeah. that it hasn't come up in conversation. But now I'm wondering, like, is he really a father? Ah, did he take the father's father's Jedi skills yeah. and transfer the father's yeah. um, uh, um, being or yeah. his, you know, his soul or something right, right, or the right, fact right. that he killed the father, you know, yeah. or, or is he just saying that line just to try and get Luke to go to his side? Exactly. I don't know. Now exactly. quest- questioning everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think, I mean, I think too, like that's exactly where they want you to be because basically what they said was, you know, the two, again, the two mentors of Luke have told him different information. Yeah. And now the bad guy's telling him separate information. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Like, what's, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. Like, yeah. This is, that's all part of, like, I think where, where George Lucas wants you to be hanging out. So that's cool. Um, so my last question is a two-parter. Uh, this film ends with the rebellion, specifically our main characters, in a really bad. It started out bad, right? They had a, the <laughs> Empire found their yeah. secret base, and now it's only getting worse. Um, and well, if new, it started out good, it ended good. There wouldn't be another movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right. Um, and I think like a New Hope ends with this huge moment where the lead character Luke destroys the enemy's biggest weapon, the Death Star. Um, 
But then Empire Strikes Back ends with Luke getting his hand chopped off. Han Solo's frozen in carbonite. Um, and then there's this revelation that Vader is basically like, I'm your dad, right? Like, and so there's a lot going, there's a lot falling apart for yeah. these, for these characters. And that's just basically how it ends. <laughs> so what do you think about, you kind of, you kind of hinted at this already, but what do you think about the ending the movie that way? And then, and then I want to hear where you think we're going for this third part of the trilogy, right? So what what did you think about the ending? You sound like you're a little frustrated by it. And then where do you think it's going? Well, I'm not frustrated by the. I'm more um, want to fast forward to the next movie uh, yeah, and yeah, see yeah. what happens next. Because it's too much of a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge cliffhanger. Yeah. If this is a Netflix series at ten o'clock at night, we go okay, one more, okay, one more, <laughs> right, right, okay, right, right, you right. Know? and then it's two in the morning. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I want to see what's gonna happen next. I think that. Um, it was, by the way, the, the hand getting cut off was weird ah. and like, uh, they have technology now that I guess they, that's not a surprise, I guess. Yeah. Cause there are space, you know, aliens, all this <laughs> right, kind of right, stuff right. flying around. Right. But the fact that they can easily put his hand back on or make a hand for him and now yeah. it's like no problem. Right. And I, I wonder, I, I had no idea about that. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be in the future yeah. episodes. Like now he's got like a titanium hand that can like knock you out. Like, you know, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, kind of like iRobot kind of thing. Or, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. And then Han Solo being uh, frozen. I think that was, I don't say expected, but that's okay. not surprising to me. Okay. But okay. I do want to see how they're going to get him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. he comes back. Yeah, what's interesting about that is that if you remember the hand that got chopped off was the one holding the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So where is that? Yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah. um, so you've got that problem for Luke as Do well. Do they use like fingerprint accessible things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can he <laughs> open his cell phone now? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's screwed. He's totally screwed. Um, but I, I do think that um, I, I for the next show, I think they're going to get Han Solo back. Okay, so, we got, um, so you, I, I can't imagine they're not going to get him back. Okay, so they're expecting him to get Han Solo back. What yeah. else? Um, what's it, is, it, is this Return of the Jedi coming up? Yeah, Return of the Jedi okay. is coming okay. up. Okay, well, I would assume that there's some sort of <laughs> return of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi or yeah. or Yoda's going to be more involved. Something to do with the Jedi. They're going to uh, be you know, training him more. I would expect that Luke's training would advance now to the next. Right. Karate belt, or whatever, <laughs> right, right, whatever right. he's at, and I obviously I would imagine that Darth Vader is still going to be trying to blow up a planet, and you know they're going to you know save, <laughs> he save the planet, there. you know, yeah. Well, which which storyline are you looking forward to most? Like, which character are you looking forward to seeing most in the next film? I want to see how they're going to get. I want to see how they're going to get Han Solo out. Okay. And I also and settle a bounty or you know yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um. And it'd be interesting to see where he goes with the love triangle. Yeah. That's kind of I feel that's peaking as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially once they kind of get I kind of want to get everyone like back in uh, Han Solo's ship or wherever and have him just go. <sighs> you know, like, I feel like no one's yeah. been able to take a breath since, you know, right. uh, the first, you know, when they blew up the Death Star. Right, so right, right, right. Having them kind of regroup and, you know. Yeah. Okay, last question. Last question I didn't have planned, but you made me think of it just now. In this in this, uh, this love story between Han and Leia, you get the... Um, you get the Leia saying, I love you to Han, and his response being, I know. Which 
is very iconic, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, did you know that was going to happen? Had you seen that before? No. Okay. I, I almost view Han Solo as like a, like a, a, a 50s Grease Lightning, <laughs> yeah. you know, sportsman wearing mm-hmm. a, a, a sports letter, whatever, Letterman's jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in high school, just like the big jock that like, <laughs> you know, he flies through school, no problem, and all the girls love him. And, yeah. And he's just like, yeah, whatever, babe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty, yeah, that, that seems exactly like what So it wouldn't surprise me that he said something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they even make t-shirts for people, for husband and wife that say, one of them says, I love you, and the other one says, I know. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, so that, um, that can I be a part of all the Star Wars yes, like, cool you can. stuff? Yes, you can. I need to get you a t-shirt somehow. Yes. <laughs> um, so, okay. So uh, that's very iconic. That's a very iconic moment. You made me think of something that you just said made me think of something. Oh, Han Solo. So, fun fact, the first time Harrison Ford ever appeared in a George Lucas film. First time he ever appeared in, basically had a line of dialogue in a film, I believe. Um, was almost exactly the character you're talking about. Really? Because uh, George Lucas did a movie called American Graffiti. You may or may not have seen American Graffiti. Long time ago. Yeah, I believe Richard Dreyfuss is is the star of uh, American Graffiti, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But anyways, Han Solo's literal role, Han Solo, Harrison Ford's (laughs) literal role in that film is that he pulls up, they're they're doing a, um, a drag race, and he pulls up, and he, him and his girlfriend are in one car, and this, these other two guys are in the other car, and somebody in the, I think it's, I don't know if it's Richard Dreyfuss's car or one of the other characters, but they're like the innocent kids, right? Mm-hmm. And and Han Solo pulls up, and he's clearly like the greaser, cool guy yeah. kind of guy, and uh, and um, he goes, they, they turn over to the other guy, and I believe the line of dialogue is, Nobody beats our car, and ha- and and Harrison Ford turns to them and goes, "I ain't nobody, punk," or whatever he says, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like you what you just basically described that character. Yeah. So apparently Harrison Ford was just that guy. <laughs> well, and so even take the um, Indiana Jones movies. Yes. Him having a, having a line like that. Yeah. I love you. I know. And Indiana Jones would be his character as well. It'd be very normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, which is which is interesting. Uh, here's a here's a little fun fact for you. Um, Harrison Ford grew to very much dislike the Han Solo character and did not want to like return really? and play him in future films. His statement was, "I don't feel like there's much room for this character to grow." But what's interesting to me about that is that he. He's he's doing. They're filming Indiana Jones five right now. He's like <laughs> he's like seventy eight years old. He's like yeah. I'll still play right Indiana Jones. Wow. So the fact that he has that feeling about Han Solo as a character is weird to me. So we'll have to see how you how you feel about that statement that he's gone on record as saying when you've seen more of the films. Yeah. See, like if you have any reason why you would assume he would say that. Well, if I was Harrison Ford, I probably wouldn't say no to playing Han Solo as many times as I'm asked. Yeah, just right? pay me money, right? Yeah, sure, Which, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going to we're going to pause there. We're going to jump into the after show in a minute um, and answer some of those other questions that Mike had, and then we have one more question that Robert McClure had that I'm going to throw at you. But that's it for today's show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Story Geeks podcast on your preferred podcast provider. And if you want to chat more about it with the Story Geeks, go join the Story Geeks Facebook group, and we can talk about Mike's reactions. One of the one of the one of the Story Geeks Facebook uh, group members 
um, Jim Baldwin was like, was Mike living under a rock? I did he not see this. Um, so that's the world that we live in over there. If you're looking for a new story to read, watch, or listen to, check out Death of a Bounty Hunter, the book I co-wrote with Nathan Check. Check it out at deathofabountyhunter.com. And stay tuned for more installments in this series with Mike Biondo watching Star Wars for the first time. We don't get to sit in the same room here on out, but we do get to still talk about these films, uh, which will be really, really fun to do. Um, and in the meantime, special thanks to our monthly Patreon supporters. Here are the awesome supporters who support us, uh, support our nonprofit, I should say, through Patreon. Zach Linton, the No Midnight Podcast, Sean R. Reed, Anthony Holder, Ray DeLeon, Joshua Beckham, Briona, uh, Bryce Cox. Uh, I think I say Briona's name wrong sometimes. It's Brianna. Brianna, Bryce Cox, Young Money Savvy, Adam Vargas, Mary Baldwin, Wade Johnson, Jim Baldwin, Kimberly Lujeau, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, and Connie Mo. Please consider supporting us even if it's only for a couple dollars a month. Learn more at thestorygeeks.com. May the force be with you, friends. Until next time, we talk to Mike Biondo as he watches Star Wars for the first time. <laughs>